Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, it's Grand Final Eve, special edition of Hump Day 2020, because 10 years ago, one of us played in two Grand Finals, mm. him and 43 others, football immortality, the last ever drawn Grand Final, and a week later, the Mighty Pies turned over the Saints, and as a man of the people, he said, it's time for the people to ask me questions, or something like that. Hello, Dane Swan. Hello, it's just the Grand Final Eve, and Oh, yeah. You asked me to answer these questions, so... Um, yeah, I don't know if he actually volunteered. No, I didn't. Um, but here we are, so... And he's working so hard today. Cross street at the moment. Yeah, where are Pardon? you, Dane? Tell the people where you are while you're working. Well, I'm in my street, which well, I have no, no need to put any more street name, but um, <laughs> I had to pop up to your main restaurant, Rebel Blue, to pick up some of their fine Madame cocktails. And Nuso has picked up six so I can um, have, a, have a drink on my own Saturday. It can happen to get yourself ready for the big game. Mm, he never so stops, the reason we're he? doing this is 10 years yeah. ago. I did say grand final leave, assuming most people would find this on the Friday. But whenever you are... On the Saturday, it's grand final morning. It could be. Wherever you are in the world, it might even be Wednesday. It probably That's is. That's all it is. Somewhere, absolutely no doubt about it. Well, you can take your mask off now that you're home. No, mate, I'm a stick with the rules. I keep it on inside. <laughs> don't fuck around any... with Corona, mate. Don't want any germs from your missus, do you? No, I don't fuck around from Corona. <laughs> no. Very respectful. So, so, Sam, you've got lots and lots of questions in front of you. Oh my god, that so we many. ask our, our people to ask. Mm. Um, and uh, Swanee, you won't be surprised. Probably about. 90% of them are just about the celebration of your, your actual premiership. <laughs> Still going. That's why we didn't win another one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So before we get to the questions, I just need to set it up a bit. Uh, the, the preliminary final is known as the, like the people's final. And in front of 95,000, you just completely turned over Geelong. Seven goals to one first quarter, 13 goals to three first half. Did that make it easier, or what was your mindset like in the game, knowing that all of a sudden you're going to be a grand final player? Um, did, it, did it make it easier to what? Sorry? Well, as far as knowing that you, you had the 
grand final ahead of you a week later? Um, oh, we probably we probably knew halfway through the second we were going to win that game against Geelong. Um, oh, it was it was a pretty. I think that's when the Collingwood chance started. So it was a pretty amazing feeling. Um, but you don't look too far ahead in those games. But but we looked far ahead, a week ahead, probably. <laughs> Halfway through the second and a half time, we knew we were going to win that game. Um, it was probably the best quarter of footy we ever played the first quarter. So, um, yeah, it was, we flogged them. Um, and we kind of knew that the flag was ours for taking if we wanted it. But we obviously, did it that, we obviously did it the hard way. And just one more on that, Dave, because you mentioned the Collingwood chant. What's the noise like and the atmosphere like of a prelim compared to, at that stage you hadn't played in the grand final, but compared to a grand final day where it's often... Um, rightly said that it's a big corporate component compared to the fans' day of the prelim. Oh, the prelim's definitely louder. Um, there's no doubt about it. But to hundreds, especially Collingwood Geelong, or mostly any Collingwood or big four sides playing a prelim, there's hundreds of thousand there, definitely um, uh, louder. Um, just actual two supporter bases, like you said, all the corporates and people who go along just for the spectacle or for meatloaf or, you know, for something like that. Um, yeah, so definitely the the crowd is sort of non-comparable, really, um, towards, towards the prelim and the granny. I've got a, um, a quick question for you. Obviously, since retiring, have you been back as a spectator and actually enjoyed yourself? Because like Ralph mentioned, the prelim is usually, you know, the one for the members and for the fans and the grand final is a little bit more corporate. So the crowd's a bit more subdued, but do you get a buzz out of going back knowing that, you know, what those players must be going through and enjoying the atmosphere as a punter? Um, I don't go back and get a buzz about what they're going through. Me and my man go every year before I started playing or didn't while we're playing and I guess, but I finished in 2016, I didn't go. 2017, Richmond were in it. So I went dust down in 18, I think the Pies were in it. So I went 19, Richmond were in it. So I went along again for dust to watch Dust and then and Heath at GWS. This year, obviously, can't go. So <clears throat> I do go. I, I do go. My grand final weekend's a very big weekend. So I don't <laughs> need to be starting on the piss. And I'm usually busy Saturday morning. So I'll run around doing a couple of. Yeah, give them give them a bit back. Um, so, uh, so I just go with me old man, and I don't really get off my seat because it's a fucking nightmare getting up, especially if you've played. And, well, especially when Collingwood playing, if you've got a profile, it's hard to go for a piss or to get a beer. So, me old man would probably would get a couple of beers at each break. I'd just sit there and watch it with him, and then I'd go be to the Albion or wherever and, and start to turn up a bit. But, um, but yeah, I do enjoy the probably the part where. I think I thought I think about myself as just when they run out. That's when you like nice day, hundred thousand people the raw, like just that feeling you get when you first run out grand final day. It's probably the bit where you go, fucking that was actually pretty cool to play grand final day. Apart from that, once that goes and the ball bounces, I don't I'm not thinking about me or as a player. I, I try not to do that in any game because I try to watch just as a as a supporter now. So I think too many players sit there and think, oh, fuck, I could be doing that or I'm better than him or I should be doing that or I'm spewing on that wasn't there because if you're thinking like that, you don't enjoy the game. I just try to enjoy the game for the game itself and as a supporter. That's, that's it, really. Not as a fucking has-been or, or could have been. And when, oh, no, when you were playing... I wasn't a could have been or I was a been. And when you were playing, would you say that 
obviously, perhaps not you because mentally you're not necessarily as swayed as some other people. Would you say a prelim mentally is harder to win than a grand final? Because after, you know, if you miss the prelim, you don't even get a chance at the flag. But when you're in the flag, when you're in the grand final, it's so close. Which one would you say is kind of mentally harder? No, I don't. I don't subscribe to the theory that prelims harder to win. Fucking, they're all hard to win. You, you against the best eight, seven other sides in the league, and the grand finals usually against the other best side. So against the, in a prelim, you're playing against the third and fourth best side. So technically, a grand final should, is harder to win because you're playing against a better side. So I don't subscribe to the theory that the prelims are harder. It might be some relief after you win because you're in the granny, but. Would you rather lose a prelim or a granny? Probably a prelim. Oh, we get paid to be in a granny, so that probably helps. But, <laughs> there um, <it> is. <laughs> but grand finals are, are way harder, I think, because the, all the pressure is on your grand final day. Prelim, other supporters are watching other teams, and you might not necessarily, the casual footy fan might, might, might not necessarily be watching you, but grand final day, everyone's got eyes on it, even if you don't like the footy, because you're at a barbecue or you're, you're in a fucking pub and you get dragged along even if you don't like it. So you are watching it by the fact that you just want to be social. Mm. So, Everyone yeah, so I think side. grand finals are harder to win. I don't, well, I, I don't think I lost the prelim. So there you go. I don't think I played I think I've only played in two or something, but um, I'll, we won them both times. Fair enough. Hey, um, so what about the, uh, the – how did Nick approach the week from a player point of view as, and – as well as uh, like appreciating the grand final parade and that type of build up, because what's the saying? You, you can't win, can't win the game on the Friday. So no point being all stressed about it. Um, you're really testing my memory now. How did they approach the week? Well, how did you oh, approach it? Did I, you? I can't remember. Um, oh, well, I, I was busy grand final yeah. week. I had the Brownlow on the Monday night. The I won the coach award, so I had to be there. I had to be there on the Tuesday or Wednesday night. Then I had. I'd accept, accept some other awards. I think the, the media, like during the during the day on my day off, I was in and out of like ABC and like me, radio shows, winning, accepting awards, and the Friday Grand Final Parade. So my week was flat out, um, which is not, which is very unusual for me. Um, contrary to what people think about me and my social life, I'm very much a homebody unless I'm going out. To have a crack, otherwise I'd much prefer to stay at home and do nothing. Um, so it was different for me, uh, but um, it's, it's you have to enjoy, you know. People try and say, you know, just try and um, it's a normal week, just try and prepare as you would if it was round one or round two. But you know, the reality is it's not. So you should enjoy it. You should um, enjoy enjoy the parade, enjoy soak up the atmosphere of grand final week because you might not ever be back there again. So we try to enjoy it. And obviously we get you know, 20,000 people at training. So it's very hard to apply a normal week when we were getting that more people to train than some clubs do get the games. So <laughs> um, just try to enjoy it. Obviously on the track and stuff, you keep things very simple you know, during the week and the, and the fucking team meetings and on the track and, you know, the captain drum was a bit different because we had to be at the parade, so we changed in the afternoon, I'm pretty sure, after the parade. Um, but, you know, you just got to keep on the track normal, but around around the atmosphere, why wouldn't you enjoy it? Because you might not be back there again, so you got to soak it up and, and have a good time and have a smile on your face and, <clears throat> and enjoy it because, like I said, you might not be back there. 
So one last one from me before Sam's got the listener questions. The, the, the premiership, calling the premiership before yours, 1990, Lee Matthews famously changed everything by no prep, no uh, streamers and no nothing in the rooms. When players walked in there, was, he made a rule, nothing up there at all. Previously, all the grand final rooms are all decked out, and he said, I want to make it as normal as possible. What what do you remember the approach pre-game of Mix? Uh, was there a chance to enjoy it or just try and treat it like normal or, or what? Uh, uh... When we got in the rooms, yes, 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 I can't remember. Uh, no, I think it was pretty. I think it was pretty normal. Yeah, everyone, everyone has their own methods to prepare for a game. So everyone just did that. You just, you just did what you did every other week. That's that's all the stuff you keep normal. But even then, it was a bit different because the you have to go out and you have to go out and warm up a lot earlier or a lot later. It's one of the other two because of the entertainment. Yeah. So I think you. Yeah, I think we trained. I think we warmed up early because then we had like about half an hour before we ran out again. We usually you try you walk, you get in there, you come out, and you get out on the ground, then you come back in about five six minutes, you're out again. Where um, this one you had, you had like a forty five minute wait or something, so it was just a bit a lot of anticipation. It was like fuck, get me out on the ground already. But you just did what you did. I was pretty relaxed. Usually I'm usually pretty relaxed. So I just and tried not. I never thought about the game until. The minute the second the ball was bounced, so I just did that, talked to Mace, and then um, bloody that was about it. So Mick tried, to, Mick kept it as normal as possible. Um, yeah, there's nothing that sticks out, so so I imagine there was no, you know, smoke and mirrors behind the walls, as, as Travis Clark would say, but um, <laughs> behind the shadows, I mean. But um, yeah, so but it was pretty normal, mate, from what I can gather, which is um, yeah. But that's not saying much because I can't. That's not saying much because I can't remember. All right, Sam. Our, our people have asked. We've got a few questions here, Dane. Some of them are uh, quite obviously questions. Others are statements that I think they want your opinion on. So we'll start with um, the first one's from Patrick. Um, generally wanting to know, Swanee, what motivated you at the elite level to play, particularly in grand finals? What was your motivating factor when it got to the big games? Uh, well, to win. Um, it's a motivating factor. You want to win, um, but I, I was I was motivated intrinsically a lot. Um, I wanted to be the best player in the every game I played. Um, now the way I act and um, my relaxed attitude and stuff, you might people might have thought that I didn't, but I had a incredible, um, I had incredible pride in my performance. So I wanted to be the best player in the every second training. I couldn't even give a fuck. Like, like I used to. Like you know, people would play on me, and I'd I'd let them let them push me out, push me out of the way, you know, push me under the ball, outmark me. I really preseason, I couldn't preseason games, couldn't give a shit. Like people push me off the ball, or um, I remember one day I ran back, I pulled out, <clears throat> running back with a fly in the preseason game, and got a revolt was storming out, and I just completely just ducked it and stopped, and Goddard just abused me, and I was like, hey, there's no fucking way I'm putting. Going back to the flight in a preseason game, buddy. I could not give one fuck how, how people abused me pulling out of a preseason game. Like, there's no interest in doing that. So, um, but my in, my um, I was intrinsically motivated about just wanting to, to play well and not wanting to let down, you know, my family and not and not play a bad game. That was why I was motivated to play well. Um, these next couple of questions are in relation to the game that drew, so the draw game. Uh, the first question is from Mitch. 
What were the plans for Goddard and Hayes in the lead up to the replay? Um, Hayes, not so much. I think I went for Goddard um, a quarter time or half time or something like that. That's why I had 11 tackles. I had 11 tackles all year. <laughs> I, had, I had 11 tackles in the granny. Um, it wasn't a, in the lead up. There wasn't. We didn't really. We didn't have a tag. So me, Paulie, and Pendles would just go do our thing. Um, but Jones come to me, and I didn't. I didn't have a great start. Um, I finished with twenty-one and eleven in a goal, so I ended up in the best. But um, about quarter time or half time, God, I was getting on top of us, and I was just. Mick says it was him. I say it was me, but we'll just call it even. I was, <laughs> I was getting on top of us. So I was like, mate. Like, I'll let me go to him or, you know, we talked and said, man, I'll go to him and, and create a two-on-one and we'll, we'll stop him. And we did. You know, in, during a regular season, I'd be like, man, you stick that up your ass. I'm not going to anyone. Like, I'm going around to get the footy. But in, in, in a granny, you obviously, you want to, you do whatever you can to win. So, um, so I went to him and nullified him a bit. He's obviously one of the handful, one of the best couple of players in the league at that stage. So, Went to him and tried to stop his influence on the game. Um, Hayes, I think just Pendles and Bailey, Bailey, just one-on-one, just a couple of hard nuts just digging in. But um, we worried a bit more about what we could do in the midfield because we thought we had the better midfield. Next question is from Blake Cook. What was your pre-game feed and did you approach your feed before the game any differently? No, same shit. So for <laughs> years uh, I had... Two nights before, I'd eat like just a pasta, spag bowl, whatever. And then the night before, I'd have chicken risotto. Um, I wasn't so much, I have to eat these or I won't play well. It's just they were my, they're two of my favourite meals. And re- really, the only time I ever cooked them was during the footy season. So I'd only eat them sort of like 25 times a year. I wouldn't ever cook risotto outside of footy season. So I just had them and I really enjoyed them. So that they were my two meals. Um, day of the game, if it was a night game, I'd have um, lasagna for lunch and I'd have like Milo cereal for breakfast. If it was a day game, I'd just have Milo cereal and that's it. And just like have a heap of Gatorade and, and like water and stuff. But then towards the end of my career, my routine was not to have a routine. Like I just, you know, just... Just didn't really care about it much anymore. So I just just mixed it up. From Barb's 788, do you reckon if there was extra time in the first one, you would have won? Um, Well, it's very hard to know. People say to me that St Kilda had all the momentum and stuff like that, so they would have won. But you stop, you get five minutes minutes each way, and the game goes so quickly. Well, when we had a track record, we won semi final in overtime against West Coast in 2007. So I'd like to think we would have won, but I guess if there was odds, we probably would have been longer than St Kilda after the way the last quarter went in the draw. But I still would have backed. The, I still would have backed the team. We had <clears throat> it's just all come down to who would get the ball out of the midfield and locked in their front half. And I believe Ball, Penelope, and Swan and Jolly probably would have got the job done. So, but in saying that, five minutes each way, it's a coin flip, really, isn't it? Mm. But um. Yeah, I'm glad we went the extra week and got it done. From Brendan Palmer and Liam Perkins, what is the first thing that went through your head when the siren finally went? Which game? Good the question. Draw. Let's, the this, draw. Oh, this is the draw one, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is the draw. Um, shit, I'm going to have to uh, 
I'm going to have to tell Mick I can't play next week because I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, I was booked on my on the flight to LA Saturday morning, so I was like, oh shit, I'm in a pickle here. <laughs> yeah, um, so that was the first thing that went through my head, to be honest. Um, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do there? That How fucked were you out of ten? Pardon? How fucked were you out of ten as far as just physically completely rooted? Because we heard stories. We heard stories of lots of players just on the couldn't even get up. Um, oh no, it's okay. Yeah, like I was beat. I was beat. I was but like I left. You know, it's weird. People say like you leave everything out there, but like I generally left everything out there most games. Yeah. Well, unless there's a blowout, like then obviously like in the last game, the game we won, I did. I didn't. Um, like I had more energy left because we flogged them, and I was like, "Well, I remember did saying, boys, whatever you do, a three quarter time, just don't get hurt. We've got some celebrating to do." So, you know, we bounced <laughs> around like boundary umpires in the last quarter in the, of the replay, so we wouldn't get hurt. But um, yeah, but I, we give it all on the Saturday. But you know, we I was knackered by a day or two. You know, by Wednesday, Thursday, we were running around fine again. Um. But yeah, it's just the nature of the way the game went. It was so close and you had to crack in late. Um, and it's probably more the the um, the nervous, um, you know, pressure. You know, that, that was probably the nervous energy. That's what I was looking for. The nervous energy that probably you're more fatigued from because it's a it's just such a letdown that you draw. But like the physical energy, yeah, you saw, but you bounce back when you got a grand final the next week, no problems. But it was more the, the mental pressure um, that, that you were fatigued from. We have another question on this topic, sorry Sam, but so I'll ask it. What what was your memory of the uh, of the um, famous Milne sideways bounce? My uh, I was up I was, I was at half well there half forward or half back. Um, what was my memory of it? Well um, I thought John I got the I thought John got the rotten bounce to be honest. The bounce <laughs> on his point and bounced right over his head. So uh, <laughs> And by Milne would have had to have been delved in from Street Fighter to grab that with a long arm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, clearly if that ball bounces the other way, we've got a minute and a half to get down to kick a goal. So the story might be very different. But we might have bounced back in 2011 because it might have been burning a bit more. Who knows? So um, listen, it is what it is. It was the ball bounced the right way for us. We finally got a break. Um, but in my head, the, Jono was the one who copped the rotten bounce. From All Good, what do you remember of Mick's halftime words in either or both of the games? Nothing. No. <laughs> no, but like most, that's not, most players will tell you they don't remember much out of game day because it's all about, it just be, it would have been X's and O's, just like, that. I think in the replay, in the, in the draw, it was more about people kicking the ball to Sam Fisher and to Fish and Gilbo. Like just stop bombing it because I would take a heap of mocks. I think that was more it. Um, the, the, the replay I can't remember. I think we're up a fair bit, so I think we're all fucking talking to ourselves. But game day, yeah, you're internally worried about the game. That <clears throat> mate, he could get up there nude and do a song and dance, and you fucking wouldn't remember it. <laughs> so and I think you, I think a lot of players a lot that you just you're just so focused on your own individual performance and what you're doing and what you need to do to help. The guys, like I'm sure you have like your own individual line meetings. I'm sure the midfield meeting was you take it, all right, geez, we've got to do that, we've got to do that. I went, but it's more about just fucking get me back out there. Like, 
goes like that. Like half time just goes like that. But time you get in, fucking sit down, fuck, have a drink, blah blah blah, and you get back out there. So so nothing. Not many people do remember meetings. You remember the odd one where something like funny happens or something real defining happens, but I can't remember either. Of them. These next few questions are regarding the win, obviously. Um, and this question you've you've covered a little bit, but I'll ask you in case there's anything else you wanted to touch on. From Daniel Macri, how did you turn a draw into a big win? Um, well, I will, if you're talking about on the ground, I think we just we played a lot better and we just didn't give them – we didn't boot the ball into to Fish and Gilbo, who were just taking mocks and running the ball out. So we – we lowered our eyes a bit and kept the ball away from, you know, their, their great key backs. Um, but I think it was probably, it's just, it just went, went right for us. I think we were the better, best side all year. So we, well, I think we deserved to win it. So I could have argue that, but um, we were probably mentally, probably in a better headspace than St Kilda, I would say, that we were ready to go. Um, probably that and just, it's, it's hard just, I think things went right for us early in that game and it probably broke St Kilda's spirit early in the game, like the smother, just a couple of other things. And then, um, yeah, we just got away from them. The hardest thing to stop in footy is momentum and we just got it. <clears throat> and that was the end of the Saints. Mm. Um, from Nathan, how did Leon Davis cope with being dropped after the first grand final and how did the team react to Presti ruling him out? Well, well you have to ask Madge that um, how we felt but yeah it was horrible uh, Madge was one of them was most loved um, he's a freak on on and off the field um, I had a lot to do with him because me and him were running partners for a while there down the back um, <laughs> had the same work ethic on the track but um, yeah man, you know, you want to, no one wants to be dropped you don't want to see any people you're close with or any players dropping drop through the great final it sucks um I don't think anyone takes it well, really. Um, he he hasn't been to any of the... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We're back. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, learned over. yeah so imagine... Um... Yeah, it's incredibly disappointing for him. Um, what can you do? Um, Did you say he hasn't been to any? Gold. You were saying he hasn't been to any events. Uh, not to the Premiership reunion um, that we have on our own. Um, now that might be because he doesn't live around here. I'm not sure, but I think he's invited, and uh, that's his prerogative. He doesn't feel like he 
if it wants to, that's, that's fine. But um, he's certainly welcome. Uh, yeah, let's, let's uh, you have to ask Madge. Um, we felt horrible for him. He had an unbelievable year. He might have been all Australian that year. Um, but um, I had an unbelievable year. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. Unfortunately, he can't play 23. And, um, um, he was the one who missed out. Goldie played his role that that next game, first goal. His mum had 81 to 1. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> I caused that. So, um, yeah. Um, Presty? Uh, missing out. Um, yeah, that was the other part of the question. Had the yeah, team Nathan Brown coming for him. Um, oh, just um, incredible, incredible teammate. Um, why all the first year players get his number? Um, because of how selfless he is, and he's an unbelievable teammate. Knew he couldn't go. Probably would, they probably still would have played him, but he he did the right thing. Said he couldn't go, and, and Nathan Brown played and did a great job on um on Rewall. Um, so. Yeah, hats off to, to Presti. Um, yeah, so, yeah. That's, and do that's they it. get medals? Because this is my question. Do they get medals? Because they technically played in the in the grand no. final. No. No, no. Another thing is, I, I don't know why assistant coaches don't get medals because they're there all year, but that's weird. Um, mm. Well, the, the couple of assistant coaches, the, the three other assistants, maybe not all the development and that, but you think the back, mid and forward coach would get a medal. Mm. They don't, which is weird, but um, in the NFL, everyone gets a ring. NBA, everyone gets a ring. Um, I think more people should get medals, but not to find out why. But I'm no, only the 22 in the coach get a medal. Uh, from Asatori, did you get an extra earn for the replay? Yeah, about 30, I think. And <laughs> 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 uh, 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 Sam, have you noticed how vague his memory is about some footy issues? But when it comes to this, yeah. sharp as a tack. Plus the odds, the about, odds on been, Goldie. Should have been, been about 100. Considering of how much money the AFL made. Yeah, exactly. Uh, From James Todd, how happy were you when you kicked that goal in the replay? Yeah, uh, extremely happy. <laughs> um, I hadn't done a great deal, so to kick one was nice. Oh, that's that's the moment where I knew we were completely home. You know, you don't want to look ahead. Never want to get too carried away or look um, too far ahead in the game. But once I kicked that... Um, I think we all knew we were home, so yeah, it's nice to have a, a moment in a in a grand final that you know that gets replayed because it's a, it's a goal, and obviously they replay goals and stuff. So it wasn't a special one, but it was a goal, so it's nice to have a moment in a granny. Um, yeah, so so very happy. Um, this is a statement. My dad had money for Trav to kick the first goal. You owe him money for your accident from Kent. Yeah, no, I've had that a few times, but I've had <laughs> just as many as thank you for. Um, Gold, thank you for doing that. So, God, he got the first goal. So, um, <laughs> yeah, he was paying that money. From Daniel Ryan, did you know you had the Saints by the balls when Heater ruined Nick's life with that smother? Yeah, we knew. Yeah, we kind of figured it was going to be a good day. We didn't know that we were home, but I kind of, we kind of all looked at each other and went, "Yeah, this could be our day. It's going to be a good day if we keep going." Um, I certainly wouldn't have got that smother. I would have given up. Oh, I guarantee I would have stopped. Or I would have maybe kept, you know, the fake, the pretend try that a lot of players do. That they just pretend to try and run. Mm. But he, I can kept going. Maybe his ADD kicked in and he charged out and um, <laughs> he got the smother. So smother of the millennium, he's called it, um, which is nice. Well, yeah. The next question from Jackson Thomas was, "What are your genuine thoughts on that smother?" Uh, well, it was incredible. Like I, I'm not lying when I say there's no way I would have smothered that ball. I would have stopped. Um, so. 
Um, that's why Heath is an All-Australian backman because they didn't give up. And that's why we were so good. That's why he's so good. Um, yeah, but incredible smeller. And that's also a moment that gets shown forever. Poor, poor old Nick, I don't think, would, wouldn't be wrapped with it. But I'm the Collingwood faithfuler. From Nick Sacco, how far into the replay before you thought the game was won? Yeah, guaranteed when I kicked the goal, to be honest. Yep. Well, I thought, yeah, we're about 40 points over. So I said, yeah, this is – well, we'd have to fucking have 10 men on the field to, to lose this now. Now, Dylan, I'm not going to I'm not gonna murder your last name, so I'm going to call you Dill G. How stiff were you not to win the Norm Smith in the, re- in the replay? Uh. I don't know. Well, I've got revisionist revisionist memory, so yes, I was very unlucky. <laughs> um, I absolutely should have won it. No, no, I, I didn't. I shouldn't. Have, I didn't deserve to win it. I, I was in. I was in our best though, but I wasn't. There was plenty of people ahead of me. Oh, I sacrificed my role for the team that day. Did you? Just on the biggest stage, just sacrifice. Well, I'm a team what player. a man! What a guy. From Daniel Marcy, was Daisy stiff not to win the Norm Smith? Yes. <laughs> Daisy and Steel were both very unlucky. And still. So Penalty deserved a winner. I think we had a pretty evenly balanced team. There wasn't a penalty was obviously great, but there wasn't a, a huge standout, you know, where someone had thirty five and kicked through, you know, it wasn't a no brain decision. So cards fell, Pendles well deserved, but yeah, Pendles and uh, Tomo and Steel could probably count themselves a bit unlucky too. From TE, was there any lip to any of the Saints boys when the game was finally won? No, no, no. Like you, you, you battle all year and you, know, you give shit on the ground. And but once the game is over, there's no point rubbing it in their face unless you know someone's really in the up. But no, nah. <clears throat> shake hands, we walk past you, and then go see your teammates. That was about it. So um, no, no bad blood between anyone. I think. From Lee Molden, how good was kick to kick in the last ten minutes of the game that you won? Yeah, awesome. Um, we obviously knew we had it, so um, like I said, just trying to play with boundary umpires and just and just kick it to all our mates, which we used to get in trouble a fair bit for for kicking it to our mates too much. Um, but yeah, that's when you know people ask, would you rather win by a point or win by that much? You know, winning by a point would probably be more exciting in the moment because you're fucking scrambling, you don't know when the siren's going, then obviously you win. But winning by that much, you can actually look around and sort of take the foot off the. The, the gas a little bit, just soak it all in. Whereas when if you're winning by a point, you don't have time to soak it in because you're, you're busting your ass trying to, you're stressed trying to, to hold on to the game. Mm. Uh, Bunny from Oz, who ended up with the footy? Did. Oh, no, I actually don't. Did ended up with the ball in his hand when the siren went. I'm not sure anyone took the footy. I think Maxwell's sneaky like that. So if anyone, I'd, I'd be a betting man that Maxie would. But he probably would have sold it by now. So Maxie was probably the man, I would say. Um, from Jackson Knight, did anyone drop the cup post-game? Oh, I'm sure it happened, but I can't remember it happening. Um, but I've no doubt it did. But no, not to my knowledge, it didn't get dropped. From Paige, how do you measure it? Was it? Uh, have you ever had a greater day in your life? Um. Uh, not sport-wise. Um, uh, not, not that I'm aware of. Um, it's a pretty amazing day winning a premiership. Um, yeah, but, but nothing jumps out, so I'd imagine that would probably be up the top of the tree at the minute. Yeah. 
from, yeah, probably. from Slim Jim. How many beers were you offered in the celebratory lap? And what do you remember of it? Um, none, I don't think. All those tight-ass Collingwood supporters, I don't think I was offered one. So I probably <laughs> would have drank it. Um, but the, the lap, the lap was okay. Um, the, the lap, you know, all right. It doesn't, it doesn't do it much for me. I'd rather, you know, be in, in the, you know, in with the boys, um, celebrating with friends and family in the rooms. But yeah, the lap was fine. It was nice to show the cup to all the supporters who stayed and support, supported us through the year. So that was nice. Um, yeah, but the, the lap's, the lap's cool. Um, it's not the highlight of, not, certainly not the highlight of my celebration, but it's, um, yeah, it's a fun thing to do and um, nice to, you know, to take a couple of snaps with the cup, um, with the crowd in the background, which was great. All right, anyway, I'll pick up the pace here. Smarties are just ending off the top of your head here. Read the celebrations. From Brett Kennedy, how long did the party last? Just finished. Um, Brown no, uh, Tuesday morning, because we, we finished Tuesday morning, because we all flew to LA, we all flew out to the other, all the other ends of the world on Tuesday. Yeah. From Browntown, who got BOG for the celebrations? Um, apart from the obvious ones, the blokes who come out of their shells, I would say Steele, Dale, and Brent McCaffer. They're the three, apart from like your usual suspects. <laughs> from Liam Jackson, did Lee Brown put away a couple of counter meals in the few days following the big dance? <laughs> a couple. <laughs> Had a big couple color. of pillows. <laughs> From Paiso One, who celebrated too hard and couldn't get back up for more? Ooh, um, no, I think everyone did a pretty good job. Like, I think Maxwell's another good one. You, your usual guys who, you know, a lot of people skip the silly Sunday, like your your normal the guys who you would expect to miss silly Sunday did. But but everyone sort of, you know, dug their heels in and had a had a good crack, which was um, important to see. From uh, OJ Angel, how long did you sleep post game? Oh, I didn't. Zero. <laughs> from I'll Dander, who was BOG from I'll the pies in the celebrations that wasn't a player? I literally think well, the last time, first time we slept was on the plane to LA. Um, the celebration that wasn't a player. Yeah, um, it was the best celebrator amongst your group, wider group. Uh, my friends or staff at the club? Staff, etc. Maybe a president. Yeah, uh, well, we ran into some trouble that night. Someone at the footy club said it was under the pump. Um, so probably Dave Butterfin was good. Yeah. yeah. Disco, Disco was good. All right, Sam, you want to wind it up? Last three. Looking back, Dane, from He Easy, did you miss the Adidas boots? Did I miss the Adidas boots? Well, well, Adidas, Adidas, unless they want to, if they want to, Re-sponsor me now. I will, but if not, they mate, they can get fucked. Um, <laughs> Great pitch. If they want to jump back on board, this, they want to jump. This, they want to jump aboard this podcast. Absolutely, oh, I love them. But, <laughs> so I was, I was wearing Adidas in 2011. I won the Brownlow, and I was on a deal, which was not much money. And then coming off the Brownlow, I think, all oh, right, I swear I'm going to get a bumper deal here. They offered me less money than what I was on after I just won the Brownlow. And during the year that year, I asked for a pair of boots, and I was, geez, I must have just about been the most high-profile client. They sent me a pair of boots, two different sizes, and one had a 26 on the back. <laughs> it's fucking not a way. It's not. It's not a way to treat your best client, your best player. No, it's not. Um, so that. So they got the ass quick, smart. Um, 
then went to Deodora for the rest of my career, who were great. Awesome. I'm going to swap once these again, Once again, Sam, if you notice, make about $40 for when it comes to an urn. Absolutely. Nothing is for exactly. nothing. I'm going to swap these last two around. Dane, why has it been 10 years since the last win? Uh, well, they got extremely close a couple of years ago. Um, well, well, the AFL is set up so you win one every 18 years, really. That's how the drafts and that's how um, it's set up. That's how ideally they like it. So it's not, they're not hard to win. Although they're not hard. They are very hard to win. Um, I think early on in Bucks' tenure was a problem, obviously. Um, and that's well documented that we went shit out for a, for a myriad of reasons. And I think Bucks would acknowledge that. And he's obviously turned himself, done a 180, turned himself around into a, a remarkable coach and a person where he was not a very good coach early on when I, when, he first, when I first got him. So that probably wasted four or five years. And you know, all you can do is be back in it. Um, and since 2006, 17 or something, we've prelims, granny, got beaten in the final this year, but it doesn't count this year. Um, so we're not far away. We'd want to win one in the next one or two. Otherwise, I think we might slip back down the middle of the pack for a couple of years. But, um, but yeah, it's just it's very, very hard to win. And there's a couple of good sides out there at the minute. And fi- uh, final question from Hassip. Do you miss the comrades? Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. That's, you know, the one thing I don't miss playing. Um, you know, we'd like to play forever, but the reality is no one can. So that's gone. But the one thing you do miss is like the locker room talk and fucking around with the boys, like in a state or, you know, just, just the, the bullshit that you talk and the, the camaraderie that you get. Living and sleep, you know, with 45 boys every, um, you know, six days a week for 15 years. That's why you certainly miss. You know, you don't get that in any other workplace. If you did, you'd be sacked, suspended or fined or be on the front page of a paper if you talked and carried on the way you do inside the walls of a footy club. And that suited me to a T. So, um, so that's my, probably another reason why I don't have a fucking job. Um, so I will never change. But, um, but, yeah, absolutely I do. But my good mates who I've got out for you, I see them enough anyway. So um, it's fine. Well, push one of you always. So you've got Collingwood's got the best supporters. We've got the best listeners. Got some fantastic questions today for a little special walk down memory lane. Ten years since the 2010 Grand Finals with the great Dane Swan and the great Samantha Richards and the fantastic Thanks, Ralph Horowitz. Thanks, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.